celebrate this morning? Sing us with me. Was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I.
believe that this morning?
Good morning, Living Water. Everybody doing okay today? Hey, we had a, a great day yesterday. Uh, a lot of folks showed up and helped us uh, clean up some of the property, and uh, we took out some old trees and things that just needed to be uh, taken care of. Uh, what I found out is uh, my allergies still don't like uh, the trees and the dirt, and so. Uh, but we had a great time uh, together, a great time of fellowship, and. I want to say a thank you to all of you that showed up uh, to help and be a part of that yesterday. Uh, also, uh, keep Shane and Rachel in your prayers as they are traveling. And the reason I say keep them in the prayers, Shane called me last night and he said, uh, Hey, we're, we're in Idaho and we're on our way to Iowa. They were in Wyoming. 
And I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm thinking, why are you going that direction? And he said, well, that's the way the car is taking us. And I said, well, I'd take that car back and get a new one because you're going the wrong way. And he thought for a minute and he said, oh, we're in Idaho going to Nevada. I was like, that's a whole different story. So I'm a little bit concerned that he doesn't know where he's at or where he's going, uh, but they are, they're on vacation this week having uh, a great time. Uh, just remember them uh, this week as they are traveling, getting some well-needed rest. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, we've been in a series uh, that we're calling Living as Outsiders in a Strange Land. Outsiders in a Strange Land. And as we continue to look through 1 Peter and looking at this series, we realize that 1 Peter was written to believers who were probably confused, maybe a little bit discouraged because of the hardships and the persecutions uh, that they were facing in their lives each and every day. And Peter uses this letter to encourage them to continue to stand strong in their faith, knowing that the sufferings of this world are temporary and that one day there's a great reward and a great inheritance that is to come. And not only was this letter an encouragement to them in that day to stand strong, but it is a letter that is encouraging to us today to be able to stand strong in our faith. And through this book, Peter gives us hope and encouragement of how we can live in a crazy world. I think we would all agree that we are certainly living in crazy times and in crazy days, but so were the people in Peter's day. And through uh, this book, we have seen that we are strangers in a foreign land. We have been reminded that this world is not our home. That's some good news today, isn't it? I am so grateful that what we have in this world is not what we're always going to have. That there is something better. That we are strangers in this land and that we're just passing through. This world is not my home. I'm only here for a short time. And then I have a better home that is waiting for me. And that is a home that Jesus Christ is preparing for those who love him even this day. And our minds cannot even imagine what that home is going to look like. But for the temporary, we are still living here in this world. And he gives us some instructions of how we live in this world each and every day. Remembering that we are citizens of a different kingdom. And I think sometimes, even in our Christian walk, in our Christian life, we forget that we are not citizens of this world, that we are citizens of another kingdom, and we begin to fall into the ways of this world, and we begin to get confused and probably discouraged, just like the folks that he was writing to. Because sometimes we think, man, this is not so good. And we lose thought, and we lose track of where we're headed and where we're going. And so through this, we are encouraged and reminded that we are in a land that is not our home. We are strangers in this land. We are foreigners in this land. We are aliens in this land. And if that is the case, then our lives should reflect that. And we should look different in the world that we are in. We should look different than the rest of the world. I remember uh, been almost two years ago now, uh, had the privilege to go to uh, Zambia 
and we were planning a church in Zambia and we were going to go out into the neighborhoods each and every day. We were going to meet people. We were playing games with uh, kids and drawing them in and meeting their parents and we were inviting them to services that we were having each night to launch this new church. And the launch pastor of that church uh, sat down with our small group uh, before we went out into the community and he said, I want to tell you a little bit about our culture and there's some things that you need to know before you go out. And he told us several things, but one thing that he said, he said, I want to tell you that if somebody calls you fat, don't get offended because that is actually a compliment in our society. Why he was looking at me when he said that, I have no idea, but I really didn't think a whole lot about it at the time. And he went on to say that in their culture, they look at, at fat people as healthy and wealthy. I just kind of blew that off. And first day we go out and we go to a, a park and we're in downtown Zambia. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a very poor uh, part of the city and we get out and we're playing games with kids in this park. We're playing soccer with them and, and all around this park are adults, their parents, and, and they're watching. And it didn't take very long at all before uh, the adults started come on, coming over to see what was going on, to see who this group was out there with these kids. And this gentleman comes up and we're sitting there visiting and he's asking what we're doing and why we're doing it. And uh, it didn't take very long. He kind of started rubbing my belly and a big smile on his face he said you're fat well I got offended I mean you don't do that you don't rub somebody's belly and call them fat and then I remembered what we had been told as like oh that's why he was saying that but here's what I realized it didn't take very long for us to realize when we got out of our vehicle and we were surrounded by people and as more people came up I stood out like a sore thumb because I was the only six foot two, 175 plus pound person in the city, and I think in the entire country. And I stood out, and so it was an attraction to people. It's like, what is that? And they would come to see. I was a foreigner in a strange land, and it was very, very obvious. But here's something that concerns me today about myself we are foreigners in a strange land and yet we don't stand out sometimes we don't look different sometimes we don't act different sometimes we blend in very well with our culture and that is why we have this book that is why Peter is reminding us that we are different and if we're different, we're going to look different, we're going to act different, we're going to stand out and people are going to be drawn to that. They're going to look at us and they're going to say, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> and we're going to be able to say, nope, I'm from a different kingdom. As a matter of fact, I'm a, from a kingdom that is out of this world. And it should be an attraction to them to look and go, wait a second, you don't look like the rest of us. You don't act like the rest of them. There is something different in your life, something that stands out, and we should be a witness to Christ in that way. Now, can you imagine what our world would look like if the church really looked different than the rest of the world? 
Peter encourages us to live obediently and to trust the Lord daily, no matter what our circumstances are. But what happens in our world, and even what happens in the church, what happens to believers, is we let our circumstances dictate how we're going to live. But he's reminding us, that's not how you're to live. You are to live as a citizen of another kingdom, and that is to dictate how you're to live, not your circumstances around us. Because if we let our circumstances around us dictate how we're going to live, guess what? Our circumstances change every day, right? And that means that our actions change with those circumstances. But he's like, no, you need to stand firm in who you are as citizens of a different kingdom. So today, the title of today's message is Honorable Living Under Authority. Under, honorable Living Under Authority. Now, I'm just going to give you a heads up. Today, this message is a little bit tough, especially with the things that are going on in our world around us, with some of the leaders that we have and places of authority over us and some of the, yes, I'm going to say it, some of the stupid decisions that they seem to make on a daily basis that affect our lives in many different ways. And when we look at this passage, and I'm just telling you where I've been all week because I've struggled with this. This has probably been one of the hardest messages that I've put together in a long time. Just because of the way things are happening in our world around us. And what the scripture tells us and how the scripture tells us that we are to live. And so it is a difficult thing for some of us to swallow as we read this and as we look at this. But as we dig into God's word this morning, and as we digest what he has for each one of us today, let us remember that as followers of Christ, that our blessings that we receive in our lives here and our lives to come, come through that obedience that we have through following and serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we dig into his word, it may hit us a little bit deep. Sometimes when we dig into his word, we may not completely understand and we may not completely agree with our human ways of looking at things. But we trust him. I hope you trust him. And we trust him for direction in our life, for guidance in our life to know how we are to live each and every day. Now I'm going to read beginning in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. I'm going to read to the end of the chapter. There is a lot of stuff in these verses and unfortunately because of time today we don't have time to hit every little detail but we're going to tackle as much as we can all right so let's begin in verse 13 he says submit to every human authority because of the Lord whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good for it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Household slaves, submit to your masters with all Reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For if it brings favor, if because of a 
consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is it, it, what credit it is there if you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it. But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. For you were called to this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that, having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Now, there are several things that I want to point out here in this passage today. The first one is this. Submitting to authority allows the world to see Christ through us. Submitting to authorities in our lives allows the world to see Christ through us. How in the world is that? I, that almost doesn't make sense, does it? But he says right here in the verse, first few words, submit to every human authority. Why? Because of the Lord. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord. And he goes on and he explains this a little bit in this passage. We submit to every human authority because of what Christ does for us. And we are left here on this earth as examples for Christ. And as we're submitting to authority, we're doing as Jesus did in his life. And now we are an example to others to follow. He says, submit to every human authority, including the emperor, for the Lord's sake. The reputation of Christ is built on his followers. And Peter insists that his followers should be known as people who submit to human authorities. At the time Peter wrote these words, the emperor may have been Nero. If it wasn't Nero, Nero was getting close to uh, coming into leadership. And many Roman emperors were notorious for cruelty and injustice, especially to Christians. And as is clear in the following verses, Peter is not telling Christians to submit to authorities because those leaders are necessarily good, but because of their position as leaders. Now let me remind you today that God is very much in control of everything that is going on in this world. Do you believe that? And God is still very much in control to where he orchestrates things where certain leaders are put into certain places at certain times for a specific reason. Now, I'm not going to dig all into that today, and, and there's a lot of that that I still don't even understand today of why things happen the way things happen and why people are in places the way things are. But here's what I know. I've read the last chapter of the book, and I know where we're headed. And I understand that some things need to take place, some leaders need to be put into place that may cause confusion in this world, but God is not confused. God is still in control. He still knows what's going on. And so in this passage, when he's telling us as followers of Christ, hey, you need to submit to the authorities that are over you. You need to submit to people over you. It, it very well uh, does us good to remember that God knows what he's doing. 
even if we don't know what he's doing at the current time. As a matter of fact, I think the more that we don't know what God's doing, the more we are to trust him and to trust that he is in control. So now as we dig into this a little bit, uh, I understand that we are a people who do not like authority. As a matter of fact, let's just uh, have a few questions this morning. How many of you would be honest in this place and say that you like living under the authority of someone else? You really like people telling you what to do every chance that they can, right? Um, either you don't like that or I need to wake you up. All right, so uh, maybe I should ask the question this way. How many of you don't like living under the authority of someone else? Raise your hand. All right, so there you are. Uh, so that's the better question, right? I mean, we are a people that don't like authority. Let's just admit it. Let's just get it out. We don't, we don't like authority in our lives. Um, I, I remember when I was young and in school, I, I couldn't wait to get out of school. I, I'm just going to be honest. I hated school, but I also hated the authority in the school. It was almost like for me, being in jail every day, having people telling me what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and I didn't like that. So I couldn't wait to get out of school. And the teachers couldn't wait till I got out of school either. But I, I just couldn't wait. I wanted to be out from underneath that authority. But also remember in, in those high school years, I couldn't wait uh, to get out on my own, to get out from underneath the authority of my parents. I wanted to be out in the world where I could do what I wanted to do anytime I wanted to do it without any authority over me whatsoever. And what did I find out? You get out on your own, and you still have authority over you. Now it's a different authority, right? You go to work, you get a job, you got a boss that has authority over you. Uh, you, you live in a world where uh, you have laws, and we have police officers that have authority over us. We have judges that have authority over us. We have politicians that have authority over us. Everywhere we go, we have authority over us. But for some reason, we as Americans like to resist authority. And the reason is that we are a nation that was founded on rebellion. <laughs> we are a nation that was founded on rebellion. As Americans, we are totally self-reliant. We are self-determined. And we believe that we need no one else, but they need us, right? That's the way we are. That's the way that our, our nation is. As a matter of fact, everyone else needs us, and if they don't have us, then their world is going to fall apart. And that is why we love the song, or most people love the song, Proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm what? Free. We love our freedoms, and that freedom sometimes in our minds makes us think that we don't have to submit to anyone. I am free to do what I want, when I want, however I want. And no one has the right to tell me differently. But Peter says, submit to every human authority. Wait a second. No, no, that, that's not right. That's not who we are as a people. So I can see how this kind of... A, offends us sometimes I mean honestly I've been offended many times this week as I've been going through this because like no I don't need anyone in my life to tell me what to do or when to do it that's the way we are as Americans now in America there is a special group of people in our country that have a special kind of rebellion and we call those people Texans 
right? I mean, uh, America has its own kind of rebellion, but you come to Texas and we are a different world. As a matter of fact, we are such a rebellious people that we come up with a slogan that says, do not mess with Texas. And we, we don't just say it, we put it on signs. Uh, you're driving into the state of Texas, you see a sign that says, welcome to Texas. And then right by that sign, underneath it, it'll say, don't mess with Texas. Because we are a special kind of rebellious people, and if you mess with us, you're not going to like it. We are a special people. That's why I'm so glad that I am a Texan. Because we're special. I can't wait till somebody writes a song that says, I am proud to be a Texan. I don't know what the rest of it's going to be, but it's going to be a good song. And it's going to be one that the rest of the world, they're going to be singing, I wish I were a Texan. That's the way we think, isn't it? How many of you have heard this? You know, people ask the question, well, let's just do it. How many of you were born and raised in Texas? How many of you were born and raised somewhere else but got here as fast as you could? You've heard that statement, right? Because we are proud. We are proud. And it's okay to be proud of who you are. It is okay to be proud of where we come from. It is okay to be proud of all that. But listen, when that pride in our life comes before what God tells us to do and how he tells us to submit to authorities and how we are to respond to authorities in our life, when that pride overshadows that, then that pride becomes a problem. And here's why. I believe that as he is going through this, as he's talking about authority, the reason that he needs to address this, and he mentions this, that we don't use the freedom that we have in Christ to sin, to go against authority. Because in Christ, we are free. But he says that don't use that freedom for sin. Don't use that freedom to go out from underneath the authority that God has allowed to be over us at this time where it causes us to sin and causes us to be a problem. Which leads me to the second point that I want you to know today and that is Christians should be a joy to rightful authority and not a problem to that authority. I'm going to say that again because I want you to get that. We as Christians should be a joy to rightful authority, not a problem to rightful authority. As Christians, we are called to live under the authority that is over us. And it's easy for us to think only of the government, but our authority is much more than that. Our authority may be a boss, it may be a parent, it may be a coach, it may be a teacher. The list goes on and on. Every human authority covers all that. And we are called to be a joy to that authority, not a problem. Now remember that we are foreigners in a strange land. And if we are not careful and because of our rebellious nature, it could get very easy for us as believers to say, this world is not my home. I have freedom in Christ as a follower of Christ. And therefore, I don't have to live under any of the authority that's here. And I think that's what Peter is addressing here. Don't think that because you are foreigners in a different land, you're not citizens of this kingdom, that you can live just however you want. Oh, we have freedom in Christ, but we also have direction in Christ. We have freedom in Christ, but we also have responsibilities as believers in Christ. And one of those responsibilities is to honor the authority that's over us. 
Now imagine what our world would be like if we said today that I am not going to drive the speed limit and Mr. Police Officer pulls you over and he says, do you know that you are going over the speed limit? And your response is, absolutely, but I don't live under your authority because I live in a different kingdom and I drive under God's authority and I've never seen anywhere in Scripture where it says 75 is the minimum speed limit. Maybe it is the minimum speed limit, maximum speed limit. I, I don't see that anywhere in Scripture, so I don't live under your authority. Or what about you go to work tomorrow and your boss says, I need you to do this. And you look at your boss and say, I'm not going to do that. I don't live under your authority. I don't work under your authority. I work under God's authority. And I'll do what God tells me to do. We're in the middle of football season. Imagine a player out on the football field. The coach sends him in and he says, this is the play that I want you to run. And that player looks at that coach and says, I don't play under your authority. I play under God's authority. And I'll run the play that God tells me to run. How's that going to work? You see, the reality is, whether we like it or not, we need authority, right? You ever thought about that? I, I really thought about it this week as I was going through it, of how much we really need authority in our world. You don't believe me? Turn on the news. Look at some of these cities that have said, we don't need authority of a police department. And look at the chaos that is going on. Imagine what our world would be like if we said, we don't need the authority of any rules, any regulations, anything that man puts into place because we live under God's authority. Think of the chaos that there would be in this world. Our world needs authority. You see, as far as we can in our lives, and we'll talk about this in just a moment, as far as we can in our lives, we are to obey and live under the authority that has been placed over us by God. As far as we can. That's very important. Now some people would take this passage. And they would look at this and they'd say. So no matter what. According to this passage. That you as Christians. Are supposed to submit to every kind of authority. That there is, no matter what. Christians are supposed to walk humble, which we are. You're supposed to walk in humility. You're supposed to walk with your head down. Not worry about the things that are going on in this world. And you submit to the authority that's over you, no matter what they say. And I want to tell you, if you look at this passage, and that's where you take it, then you're not looking at the Bible in totality. Because when we look in this, at Scripture... And we look at how things work all throughout Scripture. We see that that is just not the case. And I don't believe that's what Peter is saying in this verse. I think he is saying that we follow the authority. We live under the authority as much as it is possible. Now I want you to kind of imagine with me if you would. If I, if I had a couple big umbrellas up here on the stage. And let's say over here I had a huge uh, umbrella you know like one of the picnic table umbrellas let's kind of picture that and then underneath that we had another umbrella that was a little bit smaller and then underneath that an umbrella that was a little bit smaller than that so our top umbrella we're going to look at is that's God's authority over everything and then the next umbrella would be the authority of the rulers and the leaders and all of that that has been placed in leadership and it continues down 
to us. We have all kinds of different uh, authorities that are over us. And the key here is that those authorities are living under the authority of God. And they're obeying God's authority. And guess what? They have to answer to that authority. We have to answer to the authorities that are over us. But they have to answer to God who is the authority that's directing everything. And there should be looking at him. But what happens when that authority that is under God steps out over here and they think that they are the only authority? And they begin to make decisions that affect us. They begin to do things that affect us. And they begin to say things. And we're told to follow authority. But that authority is going against what God says. What God teaches. What God's word tells us to do. How are we to live under that authority? Well, let me remind you this. Our number one authority is God. Okay? Our number one authority is God. And he tells us that we live under the other authorities. But if those authorities step out of line and they are telling us to do stuff that goes against what God's word teaches, that goes against what God tells us to do, then we have a choice to make. Are we going to follow their authority or are we going to follow God's authority? So what he is saying in this passage, as much as is possible, we are to live under this authority. And I think we are to make every effort in our Christian lives to live under this authority. But if that authority steps out and begins to do things that we cannot follow because they're stepping out from underneath God's authority, then we need to make a choice. And we have a cho choice to make. What is that choice? Well, we see this in Scripture many times. Different godly people, men and women, who had to look at the face of authority and didn't do what... The authority said, because the people in authority did not give them the right choices. They basically said, you will submit to us or else. And they said, we can't submit to you and still submit to God. So we take the or else. For example, Daniel was told that he could not pray to any God other than King Darius. What did Daniel do? Daniel went back to his room and was his custom to do every day he prayed three times a day in his room and he would open up the windows and he would pray to God he'd get on his face and pray to God and when he was told that you cannot pray anymore except for to King Darius Daniel went back to his room he opened up his windows and he got down on his face before God and he continued to pray he said I I can't do that I can't I got to follow God's authority in my life in this one even if it cost me my life what about the Hebrew women who were told they had to kill any Hebrew boy that was born? Many of the women refused the order. One of those women happened to be the mother of Moses. She could not submit to God and still submit to the human authority. So she chose that she was going to submit to God over that human authority. And Peter, the writer of this passage that we are studying. And John in Acts chapter 4, you'll remember the story as they had been arrested because of what God was doing in their lives and, and they were getting ready to be released and they said, we're going to release you but when you go out, you cannot talk about this Jesus anymore. 
And Peter, the one who wrote this, it said, submit to authority, looked at that authority, and he said, you can judge for yourself, but as for me, I cannot stop talking about what I have seen and what I've experienced through Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, church, we may be coming to a day where they say, you can't. You must stop. And we have a line that is drawn where we have to say, no. I will live under the authority as much as possible. And sometimes I may go out of my way to live under that authority. But when it starts conflicting with my relationship with God, I have to draw the line and I have to say, no, that will not work. I will continue to submit to God's authority in my life, even if it costs me my life. So don't take this out of context. Look at it as context with the entire Scripture. As Christians... We should honor all people. i got to move fast here. Verse 17. He says honoring others simply means, uh, or he says that we should honor others. I love verse 17. Go to verse 17. Let's look at that real quick. He says honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So here's what he's telling us just very quickly because I'm out of time. So we are to honor all people. Everyone. You know, that is something that we have lost in our world today, isn't it? We, we forgot what it means to honor other people. We forgot what it means to honor those that are in authority. Now you need to understand this. Honor does not mean that you have to agree. Honor does not mean you have to agree. I remember a day not too long ago that we honored the position of the President of the United States, whether we agreed with his decisions or not. We honored that person. We honored that position. But in our world today, we don't honor others who have a different opinion than we have, who think differently than we do. What do we do? Oh, we get, we get out there and on the Internet and we, we blast them, Right? can't believe they think this way can't believe they think that way and it, and it may be that they're completely wrong in their thinking but we are still called to honor one another to live a life of honor means that we just respect other people we respect those that are in that position we don't have to agree and we don't have to be silent about what we disagree with but we still need to show honor and respect towards other people I believe this is something that our world needs to hear today but it starts right here with us as believers. Because how many times have we got caught up in all those things and we're not honoring other people. We're not respecting other people. We're tearing them down and we want others to join us in tearing them down because of our disagreements. Listen, we can disagree and yet still honor. And he says, love the brothers and sisters. That means in the body of Christ, we are to love one another. And that love is contagious. That honor is contagious. Just like dishonor is contagious. And we are to show honor and love. Listen, we want to stand out as aliens in this world. We honor others. We don't have to agree, but we honor. Remember when we used to be able to have a discussion about the things we disagreed with and we could still leave friends? Seems like those days are gone. But man, we need to bring that back, especially in the church. We got so many things right now that are dividing churches, dividing families, dividing friends. 
and as the body of Christ, as aliens in this world, if we would honor one another, maybe we could somehow bring healing back to each other. Honor and respect. Why do we do this? Last thing. Why do we do this? We do this because our lives should be an example of Christ. Verses 21 through 25, he talks about this. Who is Christ? He came, he lived a sinless life, and he bore our sins as he died on the cross. He took our place. I'm glad somebody bore our sins, aren't you? I'm glad somebody took my place, and I hope you are too, and that somebody was Jesus Christ. And he left us here as an example, and we are to live as his example. How did he live? When people lied about him, he didn't go and turn on them. He didn't go and call them names and call them out. He didn't do that. When people disagreed with him, he didn't stir stir up a problem, stir up a fight. He just continued on, looking to the Father and knowing the plan. He humbled himself before others. He bore our sins and he died so that we could live a righteous life. Listen, our salvation does not come through the authorities of this world does not come from anything that this world has to offer. It comes only through what Jesus Christ offers for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he is our hope. And as we place our faith and trust in him, our citizenship is placed in a different kingdom. And as we live for him every day, then the world will see him through us. But if we blend in with the world, they will miss him. How are we living our lives today? Are we living as obedient followers of Christ? Submitting to the things in this world that we can. And loving others. Respecting others. Is that the way we're living our life? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today for your word that encourages. Your word that that sometimes uh, pokes right at us. And helps us to see maybe places in our lives where we need to change, where we need to to be different. And God, I pray that, that as your people, that we would examine our lives today. God, we would allow your spirit to work in us. And God, if there is a problem in this area for us, then God, you just show us what we need to do, how we need to live our lives. God, we want our lives to be an example that others may come to know you the same way that we know you. And God, I know in our world there's all kinds of things that are going on that can draw us away from that. But God, help help the things in this world remind us that you're in control, that it is you that we trust. And God, help us to live our lives in such a way that we stand out. And God, people do look at us and they say, hey, you're different. You're not from here. And we're able to say, yes, I'm not from here. I am from a different kingdom. And we're able to use that as a testimony of what you're doing. God, I pray for anyone in this place today that is seeking, maybe they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, that God, today I pray that your spirit would just speak to their heart, that today you would draw them unto yourself, that today may be the day of salvation for them. God, we thank you for your love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, that he took our place, he bore our sins, so that through him we could live a life of righteousness. In Christ's name I pray, amen.